T T B. Music broadcast. We're there. We are. Once more into the beach. Once more onto the beach. Well, I'm no. the social distancing, that's what it'd be. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not endorsing that. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. So welcome podcast six. Of 2020. That's amazing. God, right. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> that's sixth one. Take that. Going wrong. I know. Ah, oh, take that, COVID 19. <laughs> easy, this podcasting like. Yeah. Uh, ah, it's just not the same, though. <laughs> but do listen, it'll be good. <laughs> so, this month, uh, for your detectation. We are reviewing the albums Hayley Williams' Petal for Amour, it's bound the 400 unit reunions, Perfume Genius Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, Moses Sumney Gray, Paradise Lost Obsidian, and Charlie XCX How I'm Feeling Now. So, without further ado, uh, we'll start with oh. Hayley Williams. Yeah. Uh, debut solo album from Paramore's uh, front woman. Um, I think we reviewed their, and they've released five albums. I think we reviewed their fourth album, Riot, back in 20, yeah, 2015-ish. Wow, okay. Um, but anyway, she decided to have a break from the band and all that jazz and do the solo album that she swore she'd never do. Etc. 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 So, Haley Williams, Peter. Ah, I'm glad we're getting this one out of the way first. Um, it's it's an interesting album. Um, it's it's a mature pop. It's one that takes a few listens, that's for sure. And um, and yet, um, I guess I guess what. I found with this particular album was it was a while before I could settle into it um, when I was listening to it. And it's around about a third of the way in when I first think, okay, this sort of clicks into place. Um, but then I very quickly found that, that my attention went elsewhere. Um, so I was having to say, I'm glad we got this one out of the way first, because I think of the six, the select six that we have this month, this is probably the one I enjoyed the least. Um, I'm trying to say positive things because I don't want to kill off another genre of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I think, I think, as I say, it's, 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 it's a mature pop album. It's stylistically, there's quite a lot thrown in there. Um, I think the track Ovi, Ovi Yet marks a change, um, which, again, I say is about a third of the way through the album. And all of a sudden, there's a very 80s-tinged funk to a couple of tracks, which comes back later. Uh, I think it's the track Sugar on the Rim, which I quite liked. Um, you know, so, so, so those things I liked. And in between that sort of bookend of 80s-ness, um, there's, there's a bit of a smooth soul feel to the album. Um, but overall, I'm not sure where I am with this particular review, as you can probably tell. <laughs> I 
I mean, there's a couple of good tracks in there, like Creep In, it's near the beginning, um, Dead Horse, which is in that sort of middle-ish bit, Sugar on the Rim I've mentioned. But, um, and I put, actually put at the end of my notes here, by which point I'm not sure where I am. And I think that's kind of how I felt after I'd listened to this. Sorry. Well, for a change on a pop album, I think I probably enjoyed it more than you did, by the sounds of mm. um, I thought this was quite, actually quite an interesting record, because um, setting up a, what I think is going to be a theme of this particular podcast, um, yeah. what I quite liked about the record was, from a pop point of view, it seemed to be what a record that was taking the stabilizers off and just letting itself go in whatever direction it wanted, rather than just being... Yeah a generic pop record. Um, Agree with that. So it kind of starts off with uh, Simmer, which is uh, probably one of my favourite tracks of the yeah. year so far. Yeah. I, I like Simmer. Remember. Sorry, I like Simmer. That's good. Yeah. And you think it's going to be an album of that kind of, kind of stuff. Then yeah. it goes immediately into kind of bass hairy. Bass hairy. Bass hairy. Hairy bass. Hairy bass, yes. Uh, bass heavy. Yeah. Um, kind of Tori Amos-esque kind yeah. of uh, yeah. Leave It Alone is the next track. Yeah. And then goes into Cinnamon, which again is, uh, and, and Creeping that you've mentioned, which again, but uh, kind of both quite different. Yeah. So therefore what I liked about it was um, I was immediately reminded of artists like Tori Amos, Ruby, Bjork, Gina Spectre, Solange, and all people, and even Halsey, who we reviewed uh a few podcasts ago. Yeah. The fact that it was trying to not um, constrain itself in its popness by just doing one kind of pop. Um, don't get me wrong, there are some, there are some straight out um, almost classic pop bangers, if you like. So over yet, I could imagine a little bit sort of yeah. nice girl. I like it over yet. Mark to change, yeah. Um, Dead Horse, which you've already mentioned, uh, uh, which is, I think is a song about her previous marriage because it has a lyric in it, which is the air I held my breath for a decade, dyed my hair blue to match my lips, which I thought was quite a nice uh, <laughs> quite a nice line. And there are quite a lot of good lyrics in this podcast, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, and I also quite liked uh, Rose's Lotus Violet Iris, um, which reminded me a bit of War Paint from the band we reviewed many years ago. Um, and that's got uh, the band Boy Genius on backing vocals, which are Lucy Dacus, who we've reviewed before, Julian Baker, who I don't think we have, and Phoebe Bridges. Um, and as an aside, Phoebe Bridges' new album, Second Two Weeks of Time, and her current single, Kyoto, is fab and well worth checking out. Um, so I quite like that. So yeah, I, I, I kind of. There were moments when I kind of lost a bit of interest, but over, overall, I thought it was actually quite an impressive pop record. Yeah, yeah, it just it didn't quite hit hit with me. I'm afraid. I, I I feel like you know maybe I should give it give it another chance, based on your comments. <laughs> Don't be swayed by me. <laughs> So, moving on uh, to latest album from Jason Isbell. This time it's Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit Reunions. Uh, this is the third album from 
um, is, is a film that we've reviewed before. We reviewed the previous two albums, National Sound and uh, Something More Than Free. Um, and this is a quite interesting. I read an article, an uh, interview with him um, about this, which maybe quite interested in the record as a whole because he was saying that um, coming to this record, he, he was very tense during the whole making of the record, worrying about whether or not the songs were good enough, whether or not the album was going to be good enough, etc., etc. Yeah. And he said this kind of focus kind of ended up coming across as him being a bit of an asshole. Oh, oh dear. And a typical boss of a company and made it life a bit difficult for his wife, who's also one of the members of the band. Um, and he just couldn't get his head together, which I found quite from a mental health kind of, kind of level, and also because he had said that he'd started to have these feelings that oh, were making National Sound, the previous album. But rather than addressing them, um, he just kind of thought, you know, let me think of reasons why this, pressure is, this kind of pressure isn't justifiable. Because basically it all stemmed from the fact that because the two previous albums had been successful, internally he was going, oh, so this album needs to be successful as well. And yeah. Everyone liked those albums, this needs to be good. Yeah. Um, and his opinion of himself was, you know, get over yourself. Yeah. But actually, he said that actually was the wrong, wrong approach to take, and he actually should have just kind of said, uh, admitted that he had an issue with what was going on and just gone with it. Um, but why I'm mentioning this is because, strangely enough, uh, I think this is a weaker album than the two previous albums. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say it's still not a good record, because I still think it is a good record. It's quieter than the last last two, certainly. It's a more acoustic-based uh, record, I think, than the last two. Although there's still plenty of room for some lead guitar noodling. Definitely going on. Um, so it's, again, some great lyrics going on, songs about you know being a child and enjoying that experience and what's going, despite what's going on around you, on the dream cycle, um, past lives and alcoholism, it gets easier. Um, loss and people missed, so... Um, only children. Yeah. Um, a killer in the in the long river. Yeah. And just a couple of songs about also about being a parent, be afraid, and letting you go. Um, and I mean, a track that probably would stand out to most people who have known, known that he was an alcoholic for a long, long while would be. Uh, it gets easier, and I think again, it's one of the songs that I think it takes him a while to get the point where he could. Reconcile that that person was a separate person from him rather than the same person person as him, so he could write a song, you know, addressing that. And I think on this song, it does it really well. I mean, I love the line. It starts off by saying, Last night I dreamt I'd been drinking, same dream I have about twice a week. I had one glass of wine, woke up feeling fine. That's how I know it was a dream, which I, I just, you know. Mm. And then you've got the main refrain of, It gets easier, but it never gets easy, which I think is. What it must be like if you if you've ever had any kind of strong addiction that you've had to can for whatever reason, you know. Yeah. yeah. It gets easier, but it never gets it never gets easier. So I think that's 
Although, say that, that's still not my favourite line on the album. My favourite line on the album is, uh, I think it's in Overseas, which is, well, two lines, which is, this used to be a ghost town, but even the ghosts got out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong album, it's a good album. Uh, I've, played it, I've played it quite a bit. For me, it doesn't quite hit the heights of the two previous albums. Um, but then again, those two albums were both very, very good in my opinion. So mm. it's still a good, good record. I, I'd agree with a lot of that, actually. Um, it, I did not enjoy... So it's just two negatives here from Peter. <laughs> I did not enjoy this album as much as his previous stuff. Um, that is true. Um, and, and it's interesting, the backstory, the context you've given there, because I did find it, um, it obviously it's, it's, it's an, it's angry at times, but with purpose, but that sort of sense of almost forcing, forcing, channeling the music, it, it does come through. It's amazing really now that you've told, given the background around the album and some of the thinking that was going on in the, in the artist's head when it was happening, you can sort of see that almost reflected in the music, that sort of, um, sort of irritation. Uh, it, it, it's, it's exactly that. I think as I was listening to it, I felt the frustrated and it, it, it was to the point where I wasn't enjoying it as much. And I thought there's something not quite right here. Um, that said, um, lyrically, as you've pointed out, very good. Um, again, Unlike, I guess, his previous work, I thought it had more of a harder edge to the sound. Um, I sort of written here, sort of solid American folk rather than country. I think that means that makes sense to me, but probably to no one else. <laughs> I, th- I, I think I know what I'm getting at there. Um, and what I'm getting at there is it, it sounds like you know it's it's American folk music is country, isn't it? I guess, but but it just sounded sort of that step apart from perhaps some of his previous stuff that I kind of felt I had to make that distinction. Um, and again, it's, it's you know, it's, it tells, you know, tales of the world on fire, tales of addiction and, and loss and sadness. Um, I, I mean, and again, some of the tracks you mentioned, Only Children, I also like Be Afraid and St. Peter's Autograph, which I thought was clever. Yeah. So, so this, yeah, I, there's stuff in here I did get into, but yeah, perhaps just not to the extent of the previous couple of albums we have enjoyed. And, and he's one of the artists that we've seen live as well. I mean, I think it's a couple, couple of years ago now, but it feels like fairly recent in the memory. It does indeed. Mm. Uh, okay, so moving on to uh, an artist that we certainly haven't reviewed before. Um, uh, Perfume Genius, uh, fifth album from Michael Hatrius, to give him his uh, alter ego proper name, uh, set my heart on fire immediately. Did it set your heart on fire immediately, Peter? I think it's the, um, the best album title we have this month. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, again, it's a very varied album, both in again in terms of genres and again in terms of vocal styles, vocal styles in particular, um, it was very reminiscent at times 
there's that whole Flaming Lips Tame Impala thing um, going on. And then and then there was other I did, track. I did write Tame Impala, Stroke Yeasayer. Yeasayer, of course, yes. Um, and then there were other times, I actually written down, there's, this, there's a whole Roy Orbison thing going on as well. Um, the track One More Try, it even sounded as sort of that sort of, you know, that sort of mellow, how do I describe it? Um, sort of almost 60s sound, you know. Yeah. Um, with, 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 with Orbison-style vocals across the top. Um, so on that track in particular, it popped up somewhere else later on the album. So um, I found, again, this was, uh, and at times, uh, fascinating, very, very interesting album. It sounds like faint praise, but compared to perhaps the, the Hayley Williams piece, um, I, I preferred this. Uh, and both are, in a way, experimental, both in terms of the genre and, and, and message they want to convey. I, I preferred this. I, I also like the track Nothing At All. Good. Glad we agree on that. What did you think? Um, well, I'd, I'd heard the single on the floor played on the radio. Mm. Uh, Six Music, which is what, off the back of that was why I put it in as one of the albums to review. Because I thought, oh, that's an interesting track. Um, let's just say it has that, that, it appealed to me because it had that kind of Tame Impala, Yeasayer type vibe to it. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that'd be interesting. And then you put the album on, and expecting the album to be that. And yeah. then it's kind of not, really. Yeah, it's not at all. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, don't get me wrong. No. Um, it's different. So you do have that kind of out-and-out pop song of On the Floor, um, without you, I'd say, very similar, good foot-tapping type tune. But then you've got... Uh, some kind of almost kind of torch song, ballady type stuff. So whole life that starts off Jason, which is clearly a song about a lover. Um, and then you've got almost kind of ethereal kind of moments and incantations. So on track Moonbend, um, it's a very atmospheric kind of thing. And then when you just think it's, it can't get any weirder, you've then also got a couple of tracks, so nothing at all being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Some dream another, and then describe where it is at its most. My bloody Valentine, Dinosaur Junior, <laughs> sounding, um, which is not what you'd expect after hearing the first, <laughs> the first kind of track. Thinking, yeah, what clearly going to have now is a My Bloody Valentine track to follow it up. Um, so I did kind of like uh, where the album was coming from. I re- again, I read something that he said that when he was writing the album, he, it was written with dance in mind because he'd been doing lots of work with choreographers uh, recently. So that was kind of interesting, thinking about how the music played out. Um, also, the kind of thinking of that and also the kind of structure and how uh, the structure and the eclecticism of the tracks reminded me of, to a certain degree of how some of the early Kate Bush albums are constructed. Um Going back to On the Floor, uh, Phoebe Bridges, who I mentioned on the Hayley Williams yeah. album, uh, she also sings backing vocals on On the Floor on this album, so she becomes a 
a pink artist for this particular <laughs> podcast appearing for the second time in the podcast without actually being the main mm-hmm. artist. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought this was uh, quite quite enjoyable and quite an interesting re- record. I mean, it's, it's certainly all over the place, but um, I think I've decided this year I'm quite into albums that are a bit all over the place. All over the place, but yeah, I, I like I like the all over the placeness of this one though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of all over the place, mm. uh, and then we've gone to Ooh, where are we going? Where are we going with this? Uh, Moses Sumney, great. Uh, second album from oh, yeah. this American singer songwriter. Uh, double album. Part one was released in February. Um, the second bit came out uh, last month. Uh, but you can listen to it all as one album if you listen to it on streaming services. So if you're thinking double albums, you're probably thinking Use Your Illusion, parts one and two. Um, it's very similar. Uh, and, and it's definitely another entry in this month, so I'm going to just do my thing and leave others to try and pigeonhole me musically uh, competition. Um, he's definitely an artist because he's a black artist who's certainly been, people have tried to pigeonhole him in the R&B artist category, uh, which he objects to. Uh, quite strongly. Um, but to quote my daughter when she walked in when, when a Conveyor, one of the tracks was playing yeah. earlier on, and she said, well, this is strange music, Daddy. <laughs> and, I um, and I think it's fair to say that certain people won't hear another record quite like this this year. It's an amalgamation of soul, jazz, folk, experimental indie rock, spoken word, spoken word interludes, Quite often, some of these things are happening, drawing the same track. Um, and my first thought was obviously Prince. Uh, the guy has an amazing falsetto yeah, voice. Me too. Uh, and particularly, yeah, and particularly at the start of the album, uh, tracks like Cut Me and In Blue are very much things that would not be out Prince's albums. So it's Big Celeste Prince. Bits of Justin Vernon there, elements of Bowie. Um, and then interestingly, <laughs> one of the main producers on the album is uh, Daniel yeah. Lopatan, who uh, we've reviewed on this podcast before as one of tricks point never. Um, oh, yeah. So the sonic landscape of the record. Um, yes, yeah, so the sonic landscape of the record is very... Is very uh, yeah, weird. Um and this is just, this is the album that I've come back to the most on the podcast. I'm not sure if it's my favourite album of the podcast, but it's the one I've come back to most because I've found it the most interesting record to listen to, and I keep getting more things out of it the more I come back to it. That said, I think the first album, if you like, um, which is tracks one to... Uh, Think one to twelve. So at the end of Polly, uh, I think is definitely more stronger than the uh, two dogs to before you go on the second album, um, which is a bit more samey. I think the kind of second part of the record um, that goes much more into the just straight out kind of dare I say it R and B soul kind of bass mm. with the vocal going over the top but 
the first half of the record particularly, I think, is um, just really, really engaging. So you got things like Colour, which is a wonderful summer's day jazz ballad. Um, yeah. Uh, also, 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 and, 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 um, <laughs> which reminded me, of, reminded me of Bowie and things like that. Um, Virile, which has a great line, and I think it's a, um, you want to you want to slip right in and put the masculine. You've got the wrong idea, some which I thought was quite good. So again, um, given the title of the album is is grey, the overarching theme lyrically seems to be that kind of thing of, and also about the pigeonhole thing of of not wanting to be pinned down to be black and white. Yes, about black and white, and it, and, it, and everything being that kind of in between thing that things are. You know, how, how dare you tell me that I have to be masculine? black or white or whatever um so yeah um a challenging uh impressive musical achievement is how i would probably describe this record actually i agree um i found again like you i'm not sure i necessarily enjoyed this one the most but it is the one that i've come back to the most so I had the same experience there. Um, and it was a very inventive album, a combination of influences blended into something quite unique, not very unique and original. Um, and I like you, the sort of the theme of the album, Grey, um, and also reflecting, I think, in a couple of the, the, the tracks as well. I mean, you mentioned the lyric in Virile um, and track titles like Jack Jill and Neither Nor sort of hint at that sort of dual, duality of, of, of identity. Um, Neither Nor is a great track. Well, yeah, and I cited that. I think that's one of my, my favourites from, from part one. Um, as, a, as a double album, um, again, released I, th- I found that the part one and two were quite distinctive uh another more recent comparison you could have drawn was of course nine inch nails uh, ghosts five and six um and we, who, could forget it? who could forget that but it's not and actually i, I sort of half jokingly because i think the sort of again that soundscape that's sort of very much almost that it's not this no it's not it's not trent Reznor, but that's sort of very much the the, the sort of industrial soundscape, particularly on the track Conveyor, which um, your, your, your daughter cited as a bit a bit different, um, with its industrial loops, you know, uh, which are present elsewhere on the album. It, it had that sort of feel to it, so, so not too far a dafter comparison to make. Um, again, I thought part one zipped by. Um, I think the first the first. Almost the first half of part one was 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 better, but that's I actually found part one was very good. Um yeah. overall. I liked Viral Cut Me Conveyor, I've mentioned uh Colourla, which yeah. uh you mentioned Bowie, I've actually been Jazz Bowie. Yes, Jazz Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> Definite Jazz Bowie at the start there. Um in the intro and, and elsewhere as well. I thought definitely Bowie is there. Um, part two, instrumentally, production felt smooth. It felt more R and B, smoother. Um, 
But again, if if it was smoother, I thought it perhaps lyrically more more of an introspective tone. So mm. a little bit yeah. dark, a little bit darker maybe. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. But again, it also flew by, and I, I mean, two dogs. Again, uh, lyrically very interesting, very topical as well. You think about where we are right now. Um, but then, me in twenty years, I really enjoyed. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Uh, so, so across the two parts, uh, Viral cut me and, and me in twenty years, probably my three tracks. Um, but yeah, no, part one, excellent. Part two, good to very good. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed this album. Actually, yeah, I like me in twenty years. Well, I also like, I also quite like, I also really liked. Uh, the two final tracks on the album Bless Me and then Before You Go yes yeah yeah very much so um, and that sort of there was a reprise of the opening track from part one as well there's a little definition of uh, the insula that's used in part track one insula um, sort of defined oh yeah then we come to isolation which obviously again again quite appropriate for our, our current times but... yes very much so um so yeah, overall, you know what? The more I talk about this album, the more I have. I admit, I have enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a grower. My family are not as keen on it as I am. No. But again, I think it's because, it, because it does involve work. It does, but it's rewarding. Moving on and changing musical tact, because that's what we like doing on this podcast. Uh, we move on to Paradise Lost Obsidian and whilst I'm sure Pete was about to tell you the piece of information I will inform you that this is the 16th studio album from <laughs> this uh, Yorkshire band oh it's on the tip of my tongue uh, yeah <laughs> uh, pretty much the same line up for 32 years bar being a bit spinal tap and changing drummers a few times yes um, are apparently considered to be the pioneers of the death doom genre and an influence on bands that have emerged since, such as Nightwish, Him, and Lacuna Coil, amongst others. Ah, Lacuna Coil. Yeah. Gosh, there, there's a name I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, I believe we once, once upon a time, way, 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 way back, way, way, way time, back. reviewed one of their albums. Well. Yeah, yeah, time, yeah. So, were you lost in Paradise, Pete? Um... <laughs> I wasn't, didn't know what to expect with this album. Um, so I, 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 I tell you what, I'll tell you what, just, just funny though, despite the fact that I'm the person that puts the, puts the album list to get, to get together and pick stuff, I then spend half an hour, I, I spent 20 minutes uh, at the start of the week listening to the latest album by Obsidian, who are a separate band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. But, but usually a metal band of the growling of growling nature. Oh but it was going on. I was thinking. I'm sure I read a review somewhere saying that said that some of this stuff is meant to sound a bit kind of like Sisters of Mercy and the Mission. This doesn't sound like that. And then I realised clearly that, that when I'd asked asked the A word to play something, I'd actually confused the name of the album with a band name, so I was therefore listening to the wrong record. The A the A word. Is she listening, Scott? Is she there? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because um um my 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 missus is actually in the other room watching the A word on TV. Uh, <laughs> quite enjoying it as well. Um what 
did I say? We've gone off track there. Um, Sorry. I, it started quietly. So imagine, I, I kid you not, I kid you not, because we've listened to a few of these now. Imagine my sheer delight, the grin that spread across my face when the growling started. <laughs> On the track, Darker Thoughts. Um, it then goes all a bit to Pesh mode. It does. There's a whole... Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, there's a whole, I, and that comes back in the album. All right, not necessarily Depeche Mode, but that, that sort of, it, it, there are moments of, yes. yeah, there are moments throughout the album when psychedelic furs or that sort of new wave, new wave, it, it just, it wasn't growl, 100% growl. And, um, and when it settles down, Okay, when it settles down as an album, it's more into that sort of doom metal mode. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> halfway through. Um, but it was kind of up and down vocally, which meant I actually quite enjoyed the beginning of the album. Um, and it started well. And it ended okay. And, and um, again, uh, one of the tracks that I like towards the end, Hope Does Young um, and Defiler, just to prove I did listen to it all the way through. Um, but it, it did. I felt this one did sag somewhat slightly in the middle, as it has, as it probably treaded. I mean, to the non-doom black metal connoisseur, uh, it probably um, was lost on me. But I just felt it went into sort of, you know, in the middle. It was. It was obviously not for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it overall. Enjoyed the start. Enjoyed the end. A solid album, dare I say. Well, yeah. Still, is is uh, still pretty impressive. 
Um, but I got to the end of the album thinking, I'm still probably not going to check out their previous 15 albums. <laughs> Whilst possibly still giving darker thoughts and ghosts another spin a couple of times in the next few weeks. But, hey, been going for 30, over 32 years. Good on, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, we finish up uh, returning to pop. Uh, Charlie XX, how I'm feeling now, and this is uh, the second time we reviewed Miss Aitchison's output last time. Back in 2014 with her album, her second album, Sucker. Um, we probably would have reviewed her last album that came out last year, Have You Been Doing Podcasts? Last year, uh, 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 <laughs> let's not go down that one. No, no, let's not go down that hole again. Uh, so anyway, this is, this, is not, this is an interesting album on, on, on a number of levels. Um, it is a true lockdown album uh, in the sense that on the 6th of April, she announced that she was going to make an entire album in six weeks um, and would share most of the steps to it, including lyric writing, video shooting, and various other things online via Instagram account, which she did. Uh, and six weeks later, on 15th of May, the album was not only recorded but released. So, six weeks it was done. Wow. Um, did not know. Some, some of the ideas and the music on the album did exist pre April the 6th. However, Still impressive. Um, so taking all that into account, by rights, this album really should be a pile of shite. Um, but actually, uh, I think it's actually far from that. Um, it's certainly, uh, I'm, in some ways, I'm glad we didn't review last year's uh, collab have heavy album, Charlie, um, because I was a bit indifferent to that. I kind of feel that they've got a forced time frame on this record as focused uh, this uh, admitted workaholic songwriter into not overthinking or complicating things. So therefore we've got an album that's 11 tracks, 35 minutes, and the songs are mostly short and snappy. Um, so it kicks off with um, Pink Diamond, um, which has that kind of industrial drumming kind yeah. of thing going on. Banging. And actually, bizarrely, yeah, third time I took, took three listens of this this track to, to get to listen to it, I think, something missing from this. And I was thinking, what's missing from that track is crunchy guitars from from sleigh bells. <laughs> this is with sleigh bells guitars in there. Right. Because <laughs> it had everything else, just thinking, no, just need some you know, Infinity Guitars Tonight <laughs> kind of guitars in there. Um, which also were needed in uh, C2.0 later on in the album as well. Similar kind of thing. Both songs need to be remixed with some Slay Bells guitars in there. You heard it here first. Um, outside of that, there's once again ample evidence of why she's uh, very much in demand from other songwriters and artists to... Uh, work with to collaborate on on songs so you got tracks like forever detonate enemy um visions which is the big dance club ending to this record uh all potential earworm tracks um 
perhaps as you might expect, the lyrics here and there are not amazing. But then again, we're, we have had a podcast full of stuff that's full of very, very good lyrics. Very good lyrics. And frankly, we, very good lyrics. So frankly, we reviewed lots of albums over the year with people have had much more time to write lyrics and they've just talked about the stuff that's shit anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. Never that. <laughs> never saying that. <laughs> I did like the thing in, 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 in anthems again perfect <laughs> simple lyric which I liked which is oh here we go go on yeah Eastern serial try my best of physical lose myself in video staring out into oblivion all my friends are invisible but again it is a, is a perfect lyric summing up lockdown and being not being able to go out and do anything and explaining what you're doing in life ah uh, um, okay yeah no I, I pulled another one out um you but so, so yeah, yeah, overall, I think all things considered, considering it is an album that was knocked together that quickly, it's pretty good. Um, uh, again, uh, <laughs> we're in step on this one. Um, on on that that track you just mentioned, the anthems. I also pulled out the lyric again. Again, I didn't know the context. I did. Yeah, on Live with Moses, I didn't do my research here. Um, and the context, the lyric I pulled out was, I just want to go to parties and feel the heat of all the other bodies. And I just thought, oh, that's just a perfect social distancing lyric, isn't it? Um, I also thought, and this will make this this will make you and one of our listeners chuckle, I also thought that lyric was very hold steady. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine Craig singing that one. Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this album. I think Pink Diamonds, Banging Enemy, likewise. Um, I also pulled out uh, Party for You. Again, it has a great industrial sound, working alongside some quite flowery synths. You know how I love my flowery synths. So um, the two combined was just excellent. Um, I actually love the drum and bass of C 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it did lack something and a bit bit, bit of the, you know, instrument elsewhere, but I I thought that was, that was great. Um, Considering the speed at which this has been pulled together, this is why people want to work with that. It's because it's just, it's just brilliant. And in terms of the time devoted to producing it, it's just, you know, um, yeah. Everything from dance floor through to electropunk, drum bass. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, we've gone on quite a long time already, so perhaps I won't say anything more. But um, this is the album perhaps I enjoyed more uh, than the other album. Um, But is this the best album? Well, we shall see in a moment. Drum roll. I just want to go to parties and feel the heat of all the other bodies. I thought that was quite good. Um, <sighs> no, do you know what? I, I, prior to actually talking about it and talking out loud, and this is why we do this thing, right? Um, I'd have said, yes, this would probably be my album of the podcast, but actually on reflection, I am going to go with Moses Sumney because I just think there's more to discover and unpack there. Uh, but they're both really great records, very much of their time and of the moment as well. Yeah, I also 
and Winfield Moses certainly for similar reasons and the fact that, as you say, it's one of those records that we've had a few of these records over the over the years where, where you just listen to them and there's, there's there's something about them that makes you want to play them again to kind of find more in them, even even though they might not have immediately grab 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 you in a kind of hey sing along this is a great kind of happy chappy kind of record. There's something there that makes you kind of go hmm, want to listen to that again. Yeah. Why do I want to listen to that again? I'm not sure why I want to listen to that again. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Charlie XX front and from the Haley Williams front as well, I would say, again, both those two records are an example of what we've already experienced so far this year of, of, I would say, a return to some really good pop records coming out. So, obviously, we did the last podcast, obviously, the podcast before. I think proper grown-up, interesting pop music is having a resurgence as well this year. I definitely, definitely agree. Absolutely agree. I think it's a good year. It's a good year for proper grown-up pop music. Um, uh, and despite all the madness, I think twenty twenty musically is shaping up to be really good. side of things and on the Moses Sumney um, Fiona Apple yeah interesting quirky need to listen to it kind of thing as well so yeah so, so far so far so good as I believe someone would say absolutely absolutely before we leave we can't go without uh, discussing um Something you sent me a link to. I thought you were um, gone. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Guardian, who often produces clickbait, uh, <laughs> have created a, the greatest UK number ones. Oh, I can just, just tell from the tone of your voice where this is going. <laughs> It's the Pet Shop Boys West End Girls. Um, before you say that, I, 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 yeah, go I, on. I, I told Diane this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who's a big fan of this song. Genuinely a big fan of this song. But even she was like, kind of going, no, see, I, for her, she, she thinks it's a song of its time, not of a lasting legacy type thing, even though she still likes it has a song. Um, so she was um, almost as aghast as I was to find out that it's number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the expert, oh, yeah. Through a live right round to number five as well. So that's also, I would say, questionable. Yeah, very, very, very questionable, that one. Um, as, as the resident pet head, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was surprised as well. And 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 if you go on to read the, um, if you find the article on the Guardian, go on to read the interview with Neil Tennant. Um, he actually cites Good Vibrations as his choice. So, so there you go. Uh, yes. uh, 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 well, there you go. I agree. 
Yeah. I agree. Number uh, 11, good vibrations. Good vibrations, number 11. I'd sort of seen this in the background. I hadn't really been following it. Um, you look at the top 20. I mean, West End girls, in the context of the list, I think it's definitely in the top 15, 20. Um, I, I question the Beatles choice that was in there as well. I mean, I mean She Loves You is obviously the record that, that, that broke America, but it, I mean, I mean, well, that's a whole other podcast where you start with the Beatles number ones, but... Um, or, or even it's a good classic pop song. It is a good classic pop song. Don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> let's not start. Let's not start on that one tonight. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I did question a few choices in the top, um, and and well, I mean, West, 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 I, I, surprisingly, the top ten has crushed him. Firestarter, uh, which again, don't get me wrong, I love Firestarter as a song. However. In the top ten best number ones, it, it, it was in, in Prodigy's defence. Uh, it was um, very impactful at the time, and I guess that's what I wonder if that's what they're going for, really. Because it's like like Di said, it, West End Girls. It's very much in one way you can look at it. It's very much of a time, but yet it still does get regular airplay in various places. Um, I, it's not my favorite number one of theirs, um, but I can see why it comes out as the, the critics' choice for them for number one. Yeah, what was interesting is the, the, high, the highest placed nude record wasn't, that's new, not nude, I should make that, <laughs> wasn't number 19, uh, which was Lil Nas X, Old Town Road remix featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. That was number 19. We're back back to Nine Inch Nails again, because obviously that samples uh, uh, Ghosts 4. Yeah. uh, I don't get me wrong. Obviously, it's one of those tracks where you need to be living living under a rock for the last uh, (laughs) 12 months not to have heard it. Even if you're not aware you've you've heard it, believe me, you have heard this song. Um, But still, I was amazed that it was... Featured so highly, yes. although in some ways it, it's pleasing that the top hundred wasn't just full of yeah. things from years and years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. To be fair, yes, yeah. So I, I get, I get it. But well, then again, it still appears above uh, "Call Me Maybe," and "Call Me Maybe" is clearly a better track. Yeah, that is yeah, clearly a better track. Um, so there you go. As you said at the top, as you said at the top, classic clickbait, and uh, we've just spent five minutes talking about it. <laughs> yeah, people can, can sit there thinking, "Thank God they didn't go for the whole podcast talking about that." Yeah, we could have done a whole podcast there. I think we almost did. We did. Anyway, that's another one done. Uh, Telling my workmates who decided to tune into this episode. Hello. Obviously, if they had, they wouldn't have actually got this far since Matt. But, uh, <laughs> if they made it this far, well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's still the case. Yeah, indeed. Until next time, uh, farewell. Stay safe. <laughs>